The Book of Job While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the eldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. John chapter 9 As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spat on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means scent. So the man went and washed, and came home seeing. Good morning. Well, here we are in 2021, and I dare say there will be few people sad to see the back of 2020. What a year we've experienced. A time of loss, isolation, fear, restrictions, and ongoing uncertainty. And whilst we look forward to and eagerly anticipate a COVID-free future, we're not there yet. And the next couple of months looks to be a bumpy ride as we navigate new strains of this disease and the ongoing economic fallout that results. And so what do these challenges mean for those of us who have faith, who look to and trust in a God of healing and deliverance? 2020 was supposed to be a year of clear vision, a time of seeing with new clarity and better understanding of where God was at work and how to join in more fully with his mission. Sadly, for so many, 2020 felt like a, a year of deep gloom and fog, where the way ahead seemed marred by uncertainty and paralysis. 2020 for many may well have been a year where people simply asked the question, God, where were you? And struggling to find God in the midst of pain or uncertainty in darkness or trial is, of course, not a new phenomenon. And it's really important that we as Christians aren't afraid to be very real, to ask the difficult questions that rise up and to face the challenges that surround us. Looking to God for possible answers, yes. But firstly, perhaps more importantly, simply looking to him to find him and be found by him. 
Psalm 23 is such a familiar psalm, known and loved by so many, perhaps in part because it honestly recognises the reality that all of us at one time or other surely pass through the valleys of the deep, sombre shadows of death. But in the midst of this truth, verse 4 confidently declares this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I guess we've all walked through experiences in life that were fear-provoking or threatening, but for David, he knew enough about God's nature to have no fear of evil, because the Good Shepherd could give him all the comfort he needed by having his rod of protection and correction in one hand, whilst also holding the shepherd's staff to comfort and draw him back with. So as we enter 2021, from now until the beginning of Lent, Jenny and I felt it would be really valuable to begin a mini-series, helping us to explore some of the very real challenges we face, individually, corporately and nationally, and to explore how God might be urging us to respond in the light of these trials. So to help us in this over the next seven weeks, one passage in particular will underpin all that we're trying to explore. It's perhaps a familiar passage from 2 Chronicles 7, verses 13 to 15. This is God speaking. When I shut up the heavens so there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. I'm sure we've all seen or heard the sign rather unhelpfully posted outside a church in America, which reads, don't let worry kill you, let the church help. Yet it's true that we've all at various moments experienced anxieties, pressures and disasters that seem to hem us in and threaten to overwhelm us. And so perhaps when we read the shocking account of Job, and try and imagine the desolation he must have experienced at his losses, it's all the more remarkable that, as verse 22 reminds us, in all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. For Job, relationship with God and knowing of and experiencing his goodness didn't mean that he would be exempt from trials and agonising losses. Neither did it mean that God was to blame, or that he was himself Indeed, finding answers or attributing blame brought no real comfort. The only true comfort that was to be found was to be found in the knowledge of the inherent goodness, sovereignty and majesty of God. A God who wanted to meet Job in his pain and who was indeed rightly to be praised. I think today's passage from John again reminds us of the very real human emotion of trying to find meaning or offer explanations to satisfy our questions or to attribute blame or fault. Listen to the disciples. Is this man blind because of God, or because he sinned, or because maybe one of his family sinned? You can hear in the question the disciples are asking, trying to make sense of what lay before them. And I guess it was okay to ask the question. Jesus wasn't offended, but offered to them an alternative reality. That in the middle of all this suffering and trauma, God the good, good father, could and indeed would want to be found and at work. 
And so here today in 2021, we find ourselves in our parish, our city, our nation and in the nations of the world in a time of great trial and darkness. It's a time of economic challenge, of famine, a time of pestilence and loss. And we as his people, his church, need to respond honestly and humbly with eyes of faith and hearts that are resolute and set on heaven. That's why at St Matt's on this first Saturday and Sunday of the year, we decided to hold a night vigil of prayer over a period of 12 hours from 6pm on Saturday till 6am to humble ourselves, to seek God's face, to worship him and pray for his kingdom to come, his will to be done. As we explore this passage in Chronicles over the next few weeks and try to apply it to our lives, this seems a great place to begin in prayer, to seek his face and find him in the storm. In Matthew chapter 7, when Jesus urges his disciples not just to listen to him, but also to obey him, he paints for us the now very familiar and very vivid picture of houses being built on either sand or rock. The imagery for us is very straightforward, but perhaps the most telling part of the story is that both houses experience catastrophic storms. Following Jesus doesn't guarantee a life of blissful, hazy summers, no, storms will come. Pestilence will confront us. Sorrow will crouch at our door and darkness and shadows attempt to overwhelm us. The question is, what are you building your life on? And to whom do you look to sustain you? If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. The Magi came from the East to worship your son. Father, grant to Christians everywhere the spirit of adoration and that through their worship they may reflect the glorious light of Christ. Heavenly Father, you sent your Son to guide your people, just as you sent a star to guide the wise men to worship him. We pray that you will send your Holy Spirit to guide our church as we begin a new year in the parish. We know that this coming year will bring challenges and changes, and we pray that you will always be present as we take one more step along the journey of faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, as we face the start of 2021, we pray for your world. Let the star of your justice always shine in the hearts of those who are in authority. Enable all nations to recognise the sanctity of each and every human life in their care, so that all may experience an abundance of peace and security. Most especially, we pray that this year we'll see the end of the pandemic as the programme of vaccinations continues worldwide. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, your son shared the life of his home and family at Nazareth. We give thanks for his presence with us in our homes and in our lives. Guide us in our relationships with family and neighbours, especially those in trouble or need, and bless those who have guided and enriched our own lives. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, we pray for all those who have lost their way or have been led astray and for all who are living below their potential or their abilities. We raise before you all whose lives are unfulfilled and all those whose lives are restricted by illness. We remember the chronically ill, those in constant pain, the depressed, the despairing. And we especially pray for those in our community, parish and families who now we name before you, Father. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Lord, we pray for all who are coming to the end of their journey here on earth and pray that they may come into your presence and kingdom. We pray for all those who have come before your face and now rejoice in the fullness of eternal life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Eternal God, as we go into this new year, we ask for your loving presence with us to share in its joys and to strengthen us in its sorrows. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.